Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. Philip Reitinger is Deputy Undersecretary of the National Protection and Programs Directorate and Director of the National Cybersecurity Center at the Department of Homeland Security. Simply, he's the highest-ranking cybersecurity executive at DHS. And that makes Reitinger one of the most influential government officials in all matters regarding cybersecurity. In this, the second of a two-part interview with Reitinger, we resumed our conversation discussing the government's intrusion detection system, Einstein. When will the third iteration of the government's intrusion detection system, known as Einstein, be ready? How does it differ from the first two versions, and why is this third version important? We're moving forward on Einstein 3 right now. We're in particular working most directly on an exercise to test Einstein 3 capabilities. Einstein 3 differs from Einstein 2 because it's an intrusion prevention system as an intrusion as opposed to an intrusion detection system. Both of them look for specific patterns of known malicious activity. The intrusion detection system of Einstein 2 is something that when the attack occurs notices and says, "Hey, an attack has occurred. An intrusion prevention system takes that a step farther and can actually stop that attack in progress and say, I'm not going to let you succeed. They're both dedicated towards the same end of securing government systems, providing defense in depth, but one is able to act a little bit more quickly. How successful has Einstein 2 been? Einstein 2 is being rolled out on an increasingly broad basis, and we're finding an effective means for helping to detect malicious activity on government networks. Some privacy advocates contend that Einstein 3 relies on predefined signature code that might contain personally identifiable information and threaten the privacy of law-abiding citizens. They say Einstein 3 could operate within the networks of private telecom companies, intercepting data before it reaches government networks, and that could be considered an interception under electronic surveillance laws requiring a court order. Are these valid concerns? We're proceeding in full collaboration with the Department of Justice and with our own privacy and civil liberties communities to make sure that we stay squarely within the bounds of allowable authority. Our purpose is to protect government networks, not for any other purpose. To that end, it is not our intention to go out and seek to collect things like personally identifiable information. Our intent is instead to say, what constitutes an attack? What is malicious traffic? And when we see something that is malicious traffic, that is an attempt to compromise a government system and quite conceivably impair the privacy, Americans whose data is held or the people who are working on those government systems, that we can detect that and stop it and do a better job of actually protecting privacy. The Internet Security Alliance came up with a list of incentives to encourage businesses to properly secure their IT systems in a move to discourage the government from regulating cybersecurity. Still, some in Congress and elsewhere believe that some regulation will be needed. Where do you stand on all this? People in both the private sector and government are committed to increasing the security of our nation. You know, Having come into government from the private sector, I firmly believe that to be true. There are people of very good will among both the public and private sector halves of our economy that want to work together to make our nation as secure as possible. But it is also the case that the market may not go as far as we need to go in order to enable the full protections of national and homeland security. That's why you see private sector groups coming out with proposals for regulation or additional incentives. We're working avidly with the private sector 
having discussions within government to make sure we have the right policy framework, which could be a mixture of different things, to make sure we can best close that gap between what the market may provide and what we actually need. I think it's also a false choice to say, you know, we're talking regulation or no regulation. In point of fact, there are large parts of critical infrastructure and network systems that are already regulated. You know, the federal communication system has important rules for how telecommunications providers work. There are Gramley-Bliley regulations for financial services industries. There's HIPAA for health services. Within the organizations that report up to the Undersecretary of the National Protection and Programs Directorate is the group that runs the CFAS regime, the Chemical Facility Anti-Terrorism Standards Regime. That's a set of risk-based standards that includes specific risk-based standard for cybersecurity. We've got a set of regulations and incentives already. The question is making sure that that policy framework, including some regulation, some incentives, and a lot of market activity, will work together to drive the level of security we need. The one other thing I'd say on that point, not to run on at the mouth, is one of the things that we actually need is critical for, for that market to be as effective as possible is better metrics. Markets rely on information to allow effective decision-making. So if you want people throughout the ecosystem, both in the U.S. and internationally, and this is actually absolutely going to be required, to make effective decisions, to institute the right practices, to buy the right product, then you've got to give them the data they need to make effective decisions. They've got to be able to make decisions based on data and not religion. We need to drive better metrics regimes that will let them make those effective decisions so that market is itself as effective as possible. And who is to develop these metrics? I think that's going to be a broad spectrum. Clearly, a big role there lies in the National Institute of Standards and Technology within the Department of Commerce. They've done some groundbreaking work, including developing sets of controls for FISMA, working on metrics for things like how effective cybersecurity tools are, Within the Department of Homeland Security, we've done great work both with the private sector and internally on working to develop the right metrics for the security of infrastructures, sectors. All of us are going to have to collaborate together going forward to make sure that that set of metrics covers what it needs to. As you know, there's a lot of activity, mostly in the Senate, around several bills being developed relating to cybersecurity. What would you like to see come out of Congress relating to cybersecurity? I'm not in a position yet to make any particular acts, acts of Congress in this space. I think that the attention Congress is giving to the issue is very valuable, and we look forward to working with Congress to have the best policy regime possible so that we in government and the private sector can be fully effective. Are you or someone on your staff meeting with Senator Lieberman supposedly putting together an on-the-bus uh, cybersecurity bill? I travel to the Hill a fair amount, as do people from across DHS. Congress is obviously a critical stakeholder. Anything else you like to add? You asked before about what sorts of things are we doing. One of the key things that we announced recently, Eric, that you're probably familiar with and may have written about, is the creation of the National Cybersecurity and Communications Integration Center. And that's just one example of how we're moving forward to take the capabilities we've got and integrate them in a more effective way. The NCCIC, or as we like to say, NCIC, is a co-location of some of our key cybersecurity and communications operations centers so that their watch capabilities are sitting together, breathing the same air, increasingly with the private sector, will work jointly to make sure our information and communications networks are as secure as possible. 
The other important thing about that is we're listening to our customers, to our stakeholders. The creation of an entity like the NCIC has been recommended by the NSTAC, the National Security Telecommunications Advisory Committee, by a TIGER team that was established over a year ago, by various other private and public bodies, including the General Accountability Office. We're listening. We're figuring out where we can go to be most effective, and we're working jointly in full partnership with our government partners and the private sector to bring all of the national capabilities we've got to bear on the problem. Well, thanks for taking time to speak with me. Eric, it was good to talk with you. I've been speaking with Philip Redinger, Deputy Undersecretary of National Protection and Programs Directorate and Director of the National Cybersecurity Center. For the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.